Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Vatican Bros Podcast. Uh, this is episode 19 of season 3. I almost said season 4 because we're preparing for that. We're hoping to make some big improvements. Uh, what are your thoughts, Trevor? Yeah, uh, we have a document. Let's go open that document up. It's called the... Rebranding for season four document. Let's see. Uh, we have uh, foundation. We have an Instagram page, uh, group chat going on. If you have any cool podcast names we should use, uh, you can uh, tell us. Yeah, we like to <laughs> have different segments, so we're thinking of having a welcome sec- segment like most podcasts do, and then go on through the topics of uh, usual uh, interests. Um, Alex thinks we all have internet personalities. Uh, he thinks that he has the least approachable on purpose, and... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm excited for this. Uh, we have a cool Instagram um, in, uh, conversation going on. So, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to make the format more uh, structured and easy to understand so people could feel like it's more mainstream rather than random conversations yeah yeah yeah, I have a topic that's uh, a little more mainstream uh kylie sent me a alleged uh leak that is uh watermarked with john prosser's uh name on it so i thought it was cool that he's uh even leaking from google mm-hmm. yeah the um image shows two different angles one of them like uh uh, like a uh, front on back back of it in front and then one with like a side view angle showing the um, power and volume buttons along with the back and I think it's pretty cool because they go to um, like the panda uh, color uh, scheme in the back again but they accent the top half of it with the color of choice so this one had orange and Mm -hmm. they have a uh, camera array uh, horizontally across the black band underneath that color with the flash on the far right or left Mm -hmm. yeah so 
these are probably not the actual images. They're probably renders so that uh, the person who leaked it doesn't get in trouble. But they look, me and Kyler were talking, and he said, like, yeah, it looks, he said it looks, sounds silly, but to me, it looks pretty next-gen or futuristic, and I agree with that. It looks like uh, futuristic, like if you're coming from the 2000s, like a cool, like, futuristic <laughs> look. Um, yeah, I think it looks cool. But I think people are used to having their phones flat, but I think it's kind of introducing, like, it's kind of tilted up. The That band of cameras is kind of really bold. <laughs> I kind of like it also because it won't rock, probably, when you, like, push the sides of it. But it's, I don't think it's made to be flat on its back. Yeah, they have a hole punch, I mean, a punch hole design, but uh, that's given. You can't have it all, right? And it seems like they're going to have the <laughs> screen uh, fingerprint <laughs> You almost had it all. <laughs> yeah. You could have had it all. <laughs> the <laughs> Never mind. Camera array, I've n- I think that's the first I've seen like that. I don't think I've seen any that has it um, horizontally. And so I think it's unique. I think it has a pretty nice design. And uh, if it is correct, I think it'd be interesting if they went with that. So... Do you have a topic? It looks like you have a couple personal things you have going on that you finished up finally. No, it's not finished up yet. Yesterday, I was working on trying to pay the gas so I could get my unstoppable domain onto the blockchain, but I was having issues issues you had to pay for the gas for the domain you buy yeah it's annoying because last time i was saying like oh all you need to do is pay 40 dollars and you got it but they said according to them you buy the the domain and then you have to uh, pay for the gas to put the domain on and attach it to your account hmm. or a wallet address weird. yeah i told uh thomas about that and he said like oh sounds like uh they're charlatans because you expect to get everything for 40 bucks but then you have to pay like more than 200 dollars in gas to get it on the blockchain And yeah, so I'm trying to figure that out. I've uh, worked with getting a website going and stuff, and it's really annoying how they always try to um, layer on more costs and stuff (laughs) for every little thing. (laughs) Hmm. 
Yeah, when you said it was like 300 bucks, I was kind of surprised and yeah. Yeah, I it, it's kind of annoying because it seems like oh, the only page you just put it on the blockchain and then you have it. But what's next? I don't know what's next. It could be another thing and another thing and another thing. <laughs> it might be a really dumb long adventure with a bunch of expenses. Yeah. Maybe I didn't do enough research. <laughs> so do you think you're going to continue on with it if it's only $200? Or do you think it it's too much for you to go unshoppable? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll put it on the blockchain and I don't know, I'll just keep on going with adventure. <laughs> I'll tell you guys about it. <laughs> yeah, speaking about uh, expensive, uh, unexpected adventures, Target has to start stop selling Pokemon codes uh, alongside other tradables like uh, NBA uh, NBA? Maybe not NBA what is the I don't even know the baseball codes <laughs> yeah those they are also going to be uh, I guess dropped from being sold in store because there's been a lot of violence um, over trading cards in to- parking lots and targets. And uh, <laughs> and it's just, just gone ridiculous because trading cards have gone off the hook. Like I've talked about a couple... Off of, the chain. Off the hook, off the chain, off the charts. They... <laughs> I've talked about it a couple of times in the podcast now how like people are going crazy over him because pandemic and people are trying to get their codes uh, valued from these um, people that uh, what are they called? Um, not is it creators? I don't know. Crit- critiques? I don't know. Either way, they're the people that professionally say like what quality you you're code is in and what value it has so yeah they decided uh, abundance of caution uh, for its staff and other shoppers so you can only buy them online now on target from may 14th on um Uh because (laughs) in wisconsin there is a, a gun pulled out during a fight over trading codes (laughs) <laughs> he's a 35 year old man uh, he is, he's assaulted by four 23 to 35 year old men as he left the store wow uh, and he said uh, well the target um, like a statement says the safety of our guests and our team is our top priority out of abundance caution, we decided to temporarily suspend the sale of L- MLB, that that's uh, baseball, right? NFL, NBA, yep. and Pokemon <laughs> trading cards within our stores, effective May 14th. Guests can continue to shop these cards online at Target.com. Oh, yeah. today's the last day? 
Uh, tomorrow is the last day. Today is the 13th. Are you not going to get some? <laughs> no. They don't even have it in store. It's sold out everywhere. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, earlier this year, Target limited the number of packs per person to three and then down to one. And then they even had to stop people from camping outside for when there was V-Stocks. <laughs> That's how crazy. This. this is, like, even worse than when we were growing up, like, in... The night, like <laughs> two thousand, like early two thousand, when it was just like everywhere was selling it for like a ten bucks per pack. Like, yeah, this is way crazier than that. Do you know how what they sell it for? What price they get it? For? It's the same price as always. What four bucks a pack and twelve bucks a starter pack and stuff like that. They should increase the price again. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, it's not the first time I've heard about, like, break-ins and stuff, like, in Japan, the audio call even says, like, earlier this year in Japan, I mean, I broke into a trading card shop at dawn, climbed down a rope, tied to the roof of a six-story building, <laughs> stole 80 Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards that's worth more than $9,000. And he said, oh, I was I was in my high school's rock climbing club, so I wasn't afraid of heights. And then he was arrested. Yeah, there's a ninja story for the day. Trying to steal Pokemon cards and stuff. Yeah, the Japanese are known for being ninjas. So. Yeah. Yeah, the um, cards are probably uh, so hyped because the, you know the original cards they, like a single Charizard card sold for like $300,000 um, so that in turn just increases any Charizard in any pack it's value exponentially like if you bought a new card pack and it has Charizard it's going to be like worth something even though it's not like OG you know oh are they selling any, like, first edition, next-gen things or anything? Yeah, everything's... I mean, most things, when they come out, are first edition, but... But in particular, like, Charizard cards are just valued higher because the fan base and the value around the original Charizard. Hmm. Yep. So now you have to find your cards elsewhere or just buy them online like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about a uh, wearable technology topic. I haven't spoken about that for a while. It's nothing in the news. I got my Aura Ring. I ordered it, like, it seems like four weeks ago and... They emailed me like, oh, sorry, there was an error in the shipping. I'll I'll send it out to you as soon as possible. So it's a little late, but I got it. It looks really good. Uh, it, I've already compared the two. Um, it seems pretty accurate. My previous... Um, comparison between Aura and Whoop. Aura does not have uh, the 
strain coaching. I've been starting to kind of depend on strain coaching to like work out to an optimal amount rather than working out too much or too little. Uh, Aura supposedly is more accurate because it has more advanced technology and it's getting data from your finger rather than your wrist. And one main difference in the data that I get about my sleep is that I have like more or less than half as much as WHOOP says I have of REM sleep. So that's kind of interesting. I agreed with the O-ring a couple nights ago because I felt like I didn't like have any memorable dreams. And then last night I was like, whoa, I must have had a lot of REM because I was like doing a bunch of crazy stuff in my dreams. But it didn't increase that much. <laughs> it, it seems like it can't really predict what is the data is going to say <laughs> based on what my sleep is. Um, yeah, it's I've only had it for a little less than a week, so I might talk more about the data, but... The O-ring and its data is not that much different from a WHOOP. So I think the WHOOP is a little more generous with the calculations of the sleep. Another One thing that I like about Aura compared to the sleep data of WHOOP is that WHOOP, no, yeah, Aura gives you a sleep score and WHOOP doesn't. WHOOP just gives you the percentage of efficiency and Aura does it also but uh, yeah it actually gives you a score of how well you slept and yeah I haven't explored Aura that much I've been really busy trying to like get my unstoppable domain onto Ethereum and stuff like that <laughs> uh, yeah, the data probably isn't like optimized or stable until like a couple of weeks in, right? It's usually what happens. Well, they didn't say anything about that. Whoop was all like, oh, give me a few days and I'll give you some good stuff. But Nora hasn't said anything like that. Seems like they're just jumping straight into giving good data. Or oh, they just don't say that. <laughs> yeah, the good thing about Aura is you don't have to worry about paying monthly, so that's good. Yeah, that is true. So once you're done with Whoop payments, you don't need to use it if you don't want to. Yeah, it gives basically the same data. I haven't really looked into the readiness data that much. I don't, I haven't, uh, I don't know how to interpret it yet. But yeah, readiness and recovery is like synonymous between them. 
Uh, yeah, I kind of think that Whoop is worth it just for the strain. The strain coach. I think that's the main reason why I would want to continue with it. Yeah. The it gives me goals on how much I should work out based on my well-being of how well I've been taking care of myself. But I don't think it's worth 30 bucks a month. I hope when I renew it, I hope to get like the 18 month pro, uh, contract and pay it all at once. And then I don't have to worry about paying it for a year and a half. Hmm. Maybe you should have like a decentralized uh, server for your own stats and then you don't have to pay them. Yeah, I could, uh, <laughs> what's it called, uh, reverse engineer it and make like a Linux version of it. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, and then you could... Uh, Open source, uh, whoop. Become a, uh, what is it called, a Pebble uh, fan? Yeah, Boy. Rebel. Rebel, Pebble Rebel, yeah. That'd be a... Uh, cool fan thing to make yeah is it all very heavy does it feel like a pound on your finger or something no it looks like metal but it doesn't feel like metal doesn't feel cold to touch so yeah Mm. the battery life is pretty good it I've used it for a few days now and I didn't have to charge it. I only charged it once on the first day. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like the battery life of the Whoop and the Ring is comparable. Yeah, my next topic was a uh, a fan made, uh, I guess, Sega um, commenting on fan-made games of Sonic their uh, thing is there's usually no issue with y'all using a blue boy and uh, the headlines provided and <laughs> no pro- profits involved I thought that's really cool usually anything fan made from Nintendo is shot down immediately and uh, cease and desist which means basically if you don't shut down and stop distributing this we're gonna <laughs> destroy your uh, life basically (laughs) yeah Um, so it's cool to see the Sega's like very uh, open about their um, character and using them in like fan projects it's actually awesome because um, I don't know if you watched or knew that I played like Sonic Mania um, yeah. Yeah, the game was actually developed by... Origi- originally, it was a guy who worked on Sonic fan games, Christian Whitehead. He's an Australian game uh, programmer. And he directed and developed Sonic Mania. So, mm-hmm. maybe if you're really a um, great programmer and you, you have, like something Sega likes, maybe you can uh, get a job with uh, the Sonic team or Sega to develop the next uh, Sonic project. Yeah, they need a 
good new game. <laughs> yeah, I did see <laughs> another article that said uh, a new announcement, like an announcement for a new Sonic game is imminent. So it's close. People are like, like want either like Sonic Mania two or if we get lucky, uh, Sonic Adventure three. That would be uh, that'd be great. I think it's funny how they made like a Mario Kart version of the Sonic characters and have them drive cars. <laughs> like, aren't they known for like running at Sonic speed and stuff? <laughs> but they're in cars. Yeah, the story's ridiculous about that also. <laughs> yeah, it's because Robotnik's like, oh, we're going to have a Grand Prix competition. And like, oh, yeah, I'm going to win. So, uh... <laughs> Sonic's just bored and he wants yeah. to raise people. I feel, I, I feel like that's what Sonic's is most of the time. He's just bored. So. <laughs> Yeah, but provided you're not uh, making profit off <laughs> Sega's character, you can pretty much make any Sonic game, and if it's cool, you could probably uh, maybe be in the spotlight for Sega. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of like uh, the ROM era. It's like uh, open day. source. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic has become open source. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Last week I talked about uh, Argo AI revealing their next gen LiDAR, and uh, Luminar is kind of uh, revealing their next gen LiDAR with the uh, Pony AI. Pony AI is a startup that I have spoken about previously. They are a startup based in the Silicon Valley and Gaozhou, Gongzhou, China. Um, the Luminar's next-gen LiDAR technology is not as good as Argo AI's ultra high resolution perception but uh, yeah it seems like Luminar's new uh, LiDAR technology put uh, design and form before being leading in the technical specifications uh They're uh, less than 10% uh, reflectivity sensing capability, has a range of 250 meters. Last time I was talking about Argo AIs, their new lighter can see up to 400 meters, so it's a little better. Yeah. But in general, in daylight and stuff, the LiDAR of Luminar is comparable. It says the maximum range is 500 meters, which is 100 meters more than Argo. 
but like if you can't see a black car more than 300 meters ahead of you it's like it's actually <laughs> it's like is it 500 meters or 300 meters <laughs> and so it's it's more like 250 meters if you can't it's hard to see cars or objects that have uh, less than 10% reflectivity. Hmm. Yeah, just last time when we talked, I was like, oh, Argo AI is so good, but I have like nothing to compare it to. <laughs> so now I have some uh, uh, lighter comparing next-gen to next-gen technology of these uh, manufacturers or uh, product designers <laughs> yeah the new form and design that Luminar is boasting is that it does not have that bulging round thing coming out the top hmm you know what I'm talking about no uh, you know how uh, self-driving cars um, have that like siren thing on top is like a little uh, round thing on top like a hat or something yeah sure yeah pony ai well is first in line basically to uh, get the new uh, luminar lidar technology and they're expecting to mass produce them in uh, 2022 I think it's weird how they're saying that they're mass producing these cars because yeah um, these cars are not very prevalent <laughs> but um, yeah Pony AI is uh, within the leading pack of autonomous vehicles um, their claims are comparable to their competitors, but one thing is that is different is that the startup claims to be the first company to launch an autonomous ride-hailing operation and offer self-driving car rides to the general public in China. <laughs> China, huh? Yep. There's a lot of competition over there, so this might not be as big of a claim as they're making it. The they're everybody's trying to sell themselves as uh, the leader. Yes, uh self driving uh cars use their own sensors to navigate. Um, I found an mm -hmm. interesting article on a relative space uh, <laughs> in the ocean instead of uh, outer space. Um, but this is uh, not so alien. It's a shark. Uh, sharks have an ability to navigate using the magnetic fields on the Earth. So we long speculated and knew that they were they use some kind of magnetic fields to navigate. But they actually wanted to check and test this out to make sure that the theory is correct. 
It's basically a, a GPS for these sharks. It's pretty insane. So um, they set up like this huge um, tank, and um, they have the sharks are bonnet heads. They know where home is. So like, if you have like a navigator, right? You go. You have a home set, like location pin. Sharks have that uh, innately built into them, so they expose the sharks to magnetic conditions representing like locations hundreds of uh, kilometers away, um, and they actually they found out through uh, the studies that they actually orientated themselves based on and relying on their magnetic cues. So it says, if sharks derive positional information from the geomagnetic field, the researchers predict northward orientation in the southern magnetic field and southward orientation in the northern magnetic field, as the sharks attempted to compensate for the perceived displacement. They predicted no orientation preference when sharks were exposed to the magnetic field that that matched the capture site. And it turned out the sharks acted as they predicted when exposed to fields within their natural range. Yeah, and they uh, <laughs> they even noticed like uh, these bonnet heads. They also uh, similar to that the great the white great white shark. They nav they like document this documented they migrate from between South Africa and Australia, but they always return to the same exact location the following year. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, one of the researchers, Keller, says, how cool is that, that a shark can swim 20,000 kilometers round trip in a three-dimensional ocean and get get back to the same site? It really is mind-blowing in a world where people use GPS to navigate almost everywhere. This ability is truly remarkable. Wouldn't that be nice to have a built-in GPS into yourself? You can just... You don't even need to, like, see, like, any change. You just, like, know exactly how to get somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's your... A seventh cent or... Eighth cents. That'd be a nice one. Yeah, and the reason why they chose the bonnet heads because they're easier to study on because they're smaller... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it'd be kind of hard to like uh, research on the great white or some of those bigger sharks <laughs> yeah bonnet head is uh, more pleasant sounding than like hammerhead or <laughs> yeah it sounds like they're like something crazy pioneers or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah sound very gentle but their uh, next uh, research they want to study is whether they only use it for um, doing long distance uh, migration or like even during their everyday behavior so that'd be cool Mm -hmm. well this weekend we hope to launch season 4 and rebrand the podcast and make it uh, more uh, normal, more mainstream, kind of. 
easier to understand and yeah have more fun content Kyler has a lot of music so I expect to well I hope <laughs> and expect to have like a new song previewed every single episode so you don't have to listen to my theme song every single week and I think it'll be fun to have like a new song every single week mm-hmm. and yeah we have some other guests like Nick he has songs that he's working on and Trevor has a friend that he's been talking to that also might have music to share I like uh, interviewing and talking with creative people I think I am creative but some people might not think I'm creative because I don't have like I'm not that prolific. <laughs> Alex, I make is podcasts creative, and that's about it. But what I said, you were creative, but not uh, actively. Yeah, I look forward to uh, owning my own domain and having it as NFT, so I don't have to be at the mercy of Google. They hold my blog captive. <laughs> they don't make it easy for me to get my blog posts and switch it around and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, um, why did I get? Oh, yeah, I got a uh, new shirt that uh, has a bunch of ghost Pokemon on it. And I got uh, the last CD, War of Her Own. And the last live um, concert from Stream of Passion. And then they both signed from the main lead singer. Um, Marcella Bovia says, awesome. Yeah, wasn't that, is that when you like supported her like a year ago or something? No, or I just bought these just because she, she said, oh, I found these in my attic. Like... Uh, this is probably be the last copies of uh, the concert live on DVD. So I'm sure the band crewmates would uh, enjoy a couple drinks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to buy these because. <laughs> yeah, she autographed them. Yeah. And she said it fairly quick. It came from Netherlands. So Yeah, too bad we don't have any that many cool bands around here like that yeah i'm just sad that band is uh dissolved so she's still working Aww. on like solo projects and she sings for the side big projects she does a backing a lot for epica and she does um sometimes she's uh recruited for uh Orion. she that's a, a metal like space opera usually Oh, yeah, you spoke about that before. Yeah, she's one of my f- more, um, like, preferred singers because she's she's active in social media and she's a pretty down-to-earth person, so I recommend anyone to listen to her. She's doing voice, like, vocal lessons, and she has, like, a Patreon and stuff like that, so it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, well, I'll uh, talk to you later. See ya. See ya.